Whether it's bad planning, bad luck, bad timing, or bad inventions, well-intentioned bad decisions have plagued history for thousands of years. Welcome to Historic Hindsight. Hello and welcome to another episode of Historic Hindsight. I'm John, that's Tom, and today we're going to talk to you about hallucinating. Hallucinating on the green ferry, Johnny, taking that trip. That's right. Seeing some oh. some some green pixies flying around while we drink the ever-forbidden absinthe and talk about its oh, history. Oh, well that, no, we can't drink that. I, I'm drinking beer because that's highly illegal <laughs> on account of its hallucinogenic properties, right? Well, it was highly or, illegal for years, but back in 2007, oh. they, they finally uh, relinquished the prohibition on it. But we'll get into the whole history of absinthe okay, today while we so, drink. I've got, I was hoping that you were going to find a crappy cheap cheap absinthe, but apparently I just you did didn't not. have a chance to, and I knew yeah. I'd hate it. Well, I don't think you're going to hate it. Well, you'd hate the Actually, cheap one. Actually, you know, I might yes, not. Yes, you're going to hate the cheap one. I don't think you're going to hate the good stuff because you do like... For those at home, if you don't know absinthe, it is a uh, it is a spirit uh, that is uh, comprised of wormwood, anise, and fennel. It has to have those three things, just like uh, like rums have to be, uh, uh, you know, distilled uh, sugar cane. Absinthe has to be wormwood, fennel, and anise. Yep. And the, the and that, anise is what gives it that that black licorice flavor that I might actually like because I I like I love like black licorice black licorice jelly beans I like if I'm gonna drink a liquor which I I don't Johnny's uh, it's typically gonna there, yeah. be Jaeger uh, which is because it's it's basically je- black licorice jelly beans melted in. Liquor. Well, that's that's very much the. If you don't like black licorice, you're not going to like absinthe. If you do like black licorice, yeah. this is going to be the drink of what? your choice for liquor because it is delicious. Now, the traditional means to uh, to drink it is as I'm doing now. It is a very high proof alcohol. We're talking about usually between uh, uh, sixty and seventy percent alcohol by volume. Usually percent, in that range. not proof. Not proof. That's percent. Yeah, it's like yeah. 120, 140 proof. Yeah, it's what it has to be minimum. That's, uh, so so like liquor. That's serious business. Yeah. Basically, it would be drinking like whiskey that's 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 cask whiskey, you know, the straight from the keg mm-hmm. that's not been watered down. So you're supposed to water it down. I don't know how well it comes across on the camera, but as you water it down, it goes from uh, uh, like a dead brown green to this almost neon translucent green color, and it is the delicious way to do it. Now, if okay, if, so it's if, like it's so it's like a concentrated food coloring that yeah, you know, it, the green looks dark, but then you put you know put water and it lightens it up and makes it. Uh, what's the, why is it green? Uh, it is green because of the uh, the secondary part of the distillation, uh, where they basically steep the liquor in uh, in in additional wormwood, anise, fennel, other types of herbs and spices, that kind of stuff, okay. that that give it that greenish color. Uh, if you ever mm. buy absinthe and it is a neon green color, that's food coloring. That's the avoid best it. Stuff. Yeah, that's the that's the absolute. That's avoid avoid that stuff. At because all because the green is an artificial additive right they're they're turning cheap liquor green yeah they're turning absinthe that's why yeah basically they're taking like vodka and dumping in some anise flavoring (laughs) and putting in green food coloring and they're like it's absinthe it's it's okay so yeah they're just dissolving dissolving those black licorice jelly beans and then adding some green food coloring i mean that doesn't sound bad though but but you're not gonna you're not gonna see the the fairies and the dragons yeah. and have these hallucina- hallucinations yeah. and everything. And so I wanted to go um, into the, the story because it is legal in the United States now once again to consume absinthe because they discovered that yeah it doesn't actually make you hallucinate even even the legit uh, the, what I'm what? drinking to start off with is the is the closest you can get to the original recipe of absinthe that ever like the very first recipe of absinthe is is Pinot. Uh, so now, uh, it's the longest running uh, well. Longest recipe, oldest recipe of absinthe is, is from Pernod. Now, 
So you might be wondering, why are we talking about liquor here on Historic Hindsight? Well, it's because of the myths that are surrounded by absinthe and why absinthe became illegal and how it became illegal and all that fun stuff that goes into it, which is full of shenanigans. And, and, and really, I just wanted to put on I, my smoking jacket and drink some absinthe. But on, and have well, an excuse and to the, do it. That's I mean, really what it is. The, the United States' entire history with drugs and alcohol and, and everything else, as we've seen from our previous episodes uh, on the drug wars, it's all arbitrary and they have ulterior motives. It's not actually because something's dangerous that they ban it. It's that they're able to arrest people or certain people are using things that they don't like. So what, what was the case with this one? But of which, course, which way did they go? Well, and this was a global thing. This wasn't even just the United States that banned it. The, like this, there was globally. a large, large global community, that, not entire globe, but large global community, most of Europe uh, banned it as well. So uh, it was an illegal spirit for well over a century due to its mystical powers to make you see green fairies, which it will not make you see green fairies. Okay, uh, why specifically green fairies? Is, was that just the lore that's that just became a, the, it. It's yeah, not just war. hallucinating. You it's will because, see green fairies. It's because green absinthe, green fairies. Green. So it's a marketing ploy. It's like Red Bull gives you wings. <laughs> absinthe and makes you see green fairies. Like it's yeah, yeah, exactly. it's meaningless. But it, it was a very popular drink by artists of choice, which is partly why there's that mystique of hallucinations, because when you have Hemingway, Oscar Wilde, Van Gogh mm, uh, that drink okay. this stuff, and they're writing some really trippy... Edgar Allan Poe uh, was a big drink. Oh. So, I mean, reading... Quote yeah. the Raven makes a hell of a lot more sense after yeah. you take a couple of drinks of absinthe. You're like, oh, hey, hey, I get it. All right, so, okay, so the hallucination myth or whatever came from basically very creative people and probably alcoholics also, uh, this being their drink of choice. And then just because they have wild imaginations and they're a little bit off their rockers, uh, people thought, oh, they must be seeing things or this this... The fact that people see things are, are real. Yeah, real. Yeah. But like uh, wormwood, but worm wormwood is what gives it that property, right? It, the, it, can, or, it or contains the, the allegedly, the, the allegedly that can yeah. has that has what's called food Well. Or can get? It can. Well, we'll get there. So let's talk about the origin. We'll go all the way back to the original. Uh, who first thought of this? So the origins are a bit foggy, but wormwood itself has been used for medical purposes as far, far back as ancient Egypt, uh, where it was referenced on okay. papyrus uh, all the way back to 1550. There's the first documents of using wormwood, distilling it uh, into a beverage for, for medical purposes. Go all the way back to And now what were, what were the purposes? Is it uh, Was it pain relief? Was it, uh, like, what were the medicinal properties or it, what it, well it johnny curing? it's like it's like a cure-all like all those magical okay you know, so it's the, just an the, elixir it's an elixir yeah yeah okay, yeah, yeah. yeah all right um uh, ancient egypt's or ancient greeks also had a an anise and wormwood flavored wine called uh, absinthius onus which i butchered that name uh, completely but very much gets to the origins of the name absinthe okay. modern absinthe as we know it actually comes from covet switzerland around 1792 there are two legends the first legend is the that this huh this Swiss, yeah uh first okay. legend is that a, a a doctor by the name of pierre ordinaire uh invented in, uh, as a patent in uh, medicine and sold it to the <laughs> henroid sisters <laughs> of covet switzerland yeah that is such a good name pierre ordinaire that's made yeah, up. Yeah, ordinary. That, Probably. There's actually a good. Cow, there's actually a good absinthe that's out there. Um, uh, absinthe ordinaire that I, I think is probably okay, a throwback yeah. to this guy. Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah, that has to be. Okay, so the Swiss invented absinthe as yep. we know it today. Yeah, the, the, this doctor invented it as a patent medicine. He sold it to the Henroid sisters of Covent, Switzerland, medicine, of course, who began distributing it as a medical elixir. 
there's also the other story that the sisters did it themselves and there wasn't this doctor involved at all and they just were selling the stuff off you know take it as you want doesn't much matter i I'm because, gonna guess that it was just the 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 women and the man was involved because that's how we are with things uh, and people inventing things. <laughs> it's got to be a man. Uh, you're, you're probably so not I'm gonna that, guess that. You're probably not that far off. Uh, the recipe, one way or the other, would fall in the hands of a major. Uh, uh, David, 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 Major David, uh, who opens the first commercial distillery known uh, as uh, David Pierre at Fils in Covette, Switzerland. He's the first one to actually distribute mass quantities, you know, uh, of absinthe. He took it to the next level. He took he it from a small batch uh, thing to, so like if it were beer, he took it from your local town's brewery to like a Sam Adams or Sierra Nevada, a stone type. Yep, yep. And uh, uh, he opens it with his, his son, Marceline, and his son-in-law, Henri Louis Pernod. Ah, Pernod. look at that. You got in eight, his, uh, his his yep, yep. In 1805, a second distillery is opened under the name Mason Pernod Fils in Pontlier, uh, which is allegedly what I'm drinking now. That's that's uh, now, and now when it got banned, they stopped making this recipe. But when it was re-legalized, they right. brought the recipe out from allegedly. Yeah, I mean, if you believe that, it's, it's prohibition it's, style alcohol yeah. that yeah. brewed it. Oh, we we're using pre-prohibition recipes. Yeah. Um, now this was still at this juncture being sold and marketed as a medicinal uh at this point it's now a it's now a spirit yes it's a spirit okay Okay. so once they started ramping it up they're like oh wait we this is not just uh, a magical elixir to cure people this is something people just get drunk on and feel better because they're drunk well and we can sell it to everybody and that drunk on uh, feel better part comes with the military because, like all things with the military, mm. uh, a lot of popular of drinks uh, become come popular through the military. And the military in France was actually giving absinthe as a as a malaria treatment. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, to sure. treat malaria. Yeah, to treat That's malaria. That's not gonna work. That, I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm that, pretty sure. That, 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 I'm pretty sure it didn't work, but they didn't care because you know they're drunk, so they're like, yeah, well, okay. I don't care right, about the malaria so, now. Well, there, there's two ways to treat something. You treat the symptoms or you treat the problem. And they were just treating the symptoms. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah it yeah. made them feel better. You know, you, you make their life a little bit easier, a little more fun. They get to see green fairies. They get to hallucinate, fight <laughs> dragons maybe. I don't know. So, uh, you know, when one of the coalition wars, when the coalition wars are on and off and on and off all during this time of period uh, where they're getting this treatment for malaria. We've uh, not talked about those yet, right? Because uh, that does not sound very, familiar. No, very briefly. No, 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 not really. Uh, okay. what, uh, when the soldiers come home, obviously, they develop a taste for it. And so by 1860, the drink rose to such popularity that by, you know, five o'clock in the afternoon became known as the Era Verti or the Green Hour uh, because most of the... <laughs> Of the local distilleries and local bars and local taverns and all that fun stuff, we're yeah. selling absinthe, yeah. and it was very popular. It's a it's a good afternoon drink. It does it does get you it's, very it's drunk. It's a happy hour. It gets you very drunk, but it's a light drink. It doesn't like I mean, even though it's high in alcohol, I don't. I mean, it's delicious to me. It's like drinking candy. Oh, so it's dangerous because you're not going to notice how drunk you are um, getting. Is and that uh, and, it, and that's and, essentially where uh, you're going with that. Yeah, well, allegedly it also makes well, you have a clearer. Well, and if you water it down, yeah, you have a clearer head. Of, it's like a clearer drunk, I guess. Although I don't. I mean, it does make my face go numb, which is nice. No, it's not <laughs> I don't think no, that's I'm just how. giving you the, 
But in any that case, that works. It becomes, uh, but so uh, they had their they had their first happy hour. So five yep. o'clock instead five of happy o'clock. hour yeah. was the, the green the hour. hour. Yeah, the green hour. hour um, de and it's very popular amongst all social classes, which is where you start to run into some hmm. problems because the mm-hmm. rich tend not to like things that yep. the poor like, and vice versa. And so yeah. it becomes a Hence little bit of a problem. Hence the cocaine, crack, cocaine, uh, mm-hmm. powder, cocaine, crack, cocaine uh, differences. Okay. It and quickly, so now that the the peasants are also enjoying this beverage, yeah. how do they uh, make that happen less? Yeah. Right. Well, and we're gonna get there in a second. So it's the, quickly spreads that's out. That's the age-old so question. It quickly spreads outside of France and Switzerland all over the corners of the world. It'll make its way to the United States through New Orleans, New Orleans, uh, where it becomes, it becomes part, it becomes the base part of the very first cocktail ever invented, at least in the United States, the Sazerac. It's, uh, it's one of the base parts oh, of a Sazerac. What? So what is a... I, a saz- so basically a Sazerac... What's a Sazerac? Yeah, a Sazerac is you take um, you take absinthe and you wash the glass with absinthe. So basically you take a little bit of absinthe, you coat the whole glass okay. with absinthe to get that, that, that dark liquor smell. Sure. You then take uh, a brandy, pour some brandy on it with a little bit of bitters. You got yourself uh, a Sazerac. Very delicious. That's I, it? I, so I, it... Yeah. So it's a a brandy with a coated glass, a hint of absinthe. Yeah, but I guess yeah. it's not watered down and you're supposed to water down. So even having... That little bit is going to give it the, yeah, give it the flavor because it's so good. concentrated. Yep, okay. yep, 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 yep. Um, there you go. While it became popular, it also became popular with the Bohemians, who are those dirty, dirty, wandering uh, artists like Oscar mm-hmm. Wilde and Van Gogh, uh, and also amongst yeah. the intellectuals who are sitting there thinking, uh, hey, um, maybe Napoleon's not the coolest guy in the world. Maybe we don't want a dictatorship. Uh, uh, maybe we don't. Maybe uh, we let's don't hold off. Let's, uh, let's take it a little bit easy on Napoleon. I feel like he got a bad rap. He was my height. And... I don't have a complex. I'm fine. I'm huge. <laughs> By the 1880s, the French were actually consuming 36 million million liters per year of absinthe. 36 million. And, uh, and okay, also, what, what year was this? This was... This is, this is 1880s. Okay. In the 1880s. The, the population of the world didn't explode until, what, the baby boom, 1940s, 50s, 60s? Like, we had... The, the, the population was not that great back then. No. It was uh, very so that's sparse. But uh, it's a course, whole lot. The base of, of absinthe, where you start with the distillation process, is, was, is the grapes. It starts as a brandy wine. Um, what? Uh, and it gets instilled with the uh, with the anise and wormwood in the distillation process. So uh, okay. so the French were looking at this so they 36 make wine million. And then distill yeah. it. Yeah, basically. Yeah, so so ish. the French were looking at this, going, "Oh, that's cutting into our wine. We don't, you know, don't, we like, don't that. like that." Yeah. Now, while the French were consuming five billion billion liters of wine per year by this time, with a B. that thirty say with a B, that thirty six million liters was a perceived threat to the wine industry, who was like, "We're use, we're wasting good grapes to go into this, and I don't like this that." Is, so uh, we got to get. This rid of is it. literally what's happening with the beer wars in America right now. Like the microbrew industry has like one to three percent or something like that uh, of the the beer consumption and and market and everything, and Budweiser, Miller, Coors hate that and are trying to snuff them all out or buy them all by out. creating their own fake microbreweries. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. They're top. just making shit up and putting it on the shelves and be like, oh yeah, no, this is totally just like your brewery down the town, except yeah. it sucks. 
Yeah, it does. <laughs> so the wine industry uh, and the temperance movements team up to begin a smear campaign against there absence, much like what we yes. see in yes. the U.S. on the war of drugs. Smear campaign. Oh, they start man. making shit up. This is where the hallucinations start to come into okay. play. They're like, yep. all right, you're starting yeah, to so this is Yeah, this is just ultra, uh, the, the equivalent of like ultra conservatives uh, making shit up about... Uh, beer and stuff during prohibition yeah. or liquor or whatever and saying oh well it's so dangerous and this that and the other and we have to get rid of it because of that when really it was just oh uh we can we don't like black people doing this thing yes pretty much <laughs> so they said that absence causes epilepsy and seizures it doesn't and they linked it to violent <laughs> crimes and said that it causes upstanding christians to go okay. out raping women because we can't have that um, okay well to be fair Alcohol does lead to crimes. So that's not a lie. It's just that it's not it's exclusive alcohol. to absence. It's absent. being no. being drunk, and if you're an asshole, you're going to be more of an asshole. If you're not an asshole, uh, you'll likely not be. Uh, it just, you know, it, it it pumps the volume up of your your personality is, is all it does. Um, and so, yeah, I guess it, it would reduce inhibitions and cause people to do more crime. But uh, no different than your wine... Mr. Frenchman. Mr. Frenchman. Well, but the wine was okay because we drink we drink the wine with the dinner. Uh, the hallucination claims come wildly spurred on by a Dr. Valentin Magnin who did some research. He was basically oh. paid. Oh. He was paid by the wine industry and these temperance movements to do mm. some research on absinthe. And, and this is before we had people actually like peer review peer and do double yeah. things. And, yep. Like this yep, is yep, not yep. the way that research is done today. No. There is bullshit research, but it's not going to be approved. You just got to look into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So he gave, um, so th everything comes down to the wormwood. So wormwood does contain a chemical called thujone, which has been linked Thu to uh, thujone. Uh, T-H-U-J-O-N-E, I think. Yeah, thujone. Thujone. Okay. Uh, and, and thujone is a convulsant, like, it, it, it's 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 like in the same kind of family as, as alcohol. It does not cause hallucinations. But what he does okay. is in, so, in so the dose, at least not in the doses that you're going to get in, in absinthe. So what he does is he <laughs> takes essence of wormwood, not absinthe. He takes the essence of wormwood, the wormwood oil itself, mm -hmm. which has a mm -hmm. billion yep. times more concentrate of thujone than what you're actually going to find in a bottle of absinthe. And yeah, then he gives is, that this to... This is uh, a very common trick. Uh, he gives it to lab people rats. doing research. Yep. If By you watch way. our yeah, if you watch our uh, Diet Coke wars, this is this is Diet Coke research. Like this is it's this the is same thing. thing. It's it's all the same. Anytime they're like, oh, we want to make this thing dangerous, all they do is they find a microscope, like a ten parts per million or whatever or less uh, thing in it, and they do tests on that, but they ramp up the concentration so much, yep. and then they're like, oh, well, that's bad for you. It's like okay, yeah, but many many things in your blood are also super bad for you in a high enough concentration. And that's something your body makes. Like, so, it's not... Concentration matters, everybody. That's all I want to get across. So he concentration gives, matters. He gives essence of wormwood to the rats, the lab rats, in high quantities. The, the lab rats <laughs> start to have alleged epileptic fits, but there has actually never been any peer-reviewed research to... Co like, corroborate any of this. Really? So we Nobody else decided no, to give concentration? Yeah. See, okay, that's the other problem. Where's the scientific community on this? Who, who's looking at this and saying, oh, well, he did that, and that's... You know, well, they've tried... They, that, what I'm saying is they've uh, never... It's it. never been replicated. No, no, it's not so, that it hasn't oh, been... It, so his it wasn't results, real science. His results haven't been able to be replicated. Okay. That's, that's so it's thing. not real science. 
And because, because science has having, to be yeah. able to be replicated. Yeah. So because they were By having epileptic lab. fits, they must be hallucinating. You pair that up with uh, with <laughs> with that's a the, uh, with the artists that are that are on it that are writing. Ma- I mean, look at Starry Night. You know, Van Gogh's Starry Night, and then try to tell me that the guy's not hallucinating, which he very well could be, because something which that also. Was, I'm gonna guess. Absence not the only thing that these artists are doing. Well, yeah, and I'm going like, to I'm gonna get to I'm going to get to why the hallucination myths exist here in a second. Um, so his his results weren't weren't being able to replicate, but he claimed that it was hallucination, and he also claimed that it led to increased aggression, which would lead to increased violence. That I uh, like agree I said, with. W- yeah, which could because alcohol because is alcohol. dangerous, yes, and that's alcohol. what it does. Like that, um, literally, alcohol has been proven. But people like it so much that we're never going to get rid of it. Now, before, and once these rumors start to go out, work. yeah, once these rumors start to go out and they start to get out into the real world, people try to, re- like, they expect that they're going to hallucinate. So they're looking for that. And then when they go to look right. for that and they buy a yeah. bottle of Pernode and it doesn't make them hallucinate, they go, well, that must not be the real stuff. So I must go out and find the real stuff. So you get these shady, shady uh, absinthe dealers that are, are starting to, to try to replicate those results. So things start to get mixed into the absinthe, perhaps mushrooms, uh, things that oh, do actually hmm. make you hallucinate. Uh, and Actual hallucinogens. Yeah, also hallucinogens. And, of course, there's also that green fairy. Like, it, it's got to be bright green. If it's not bright green, it's not absent. So then they start adding things sure. into the, to the mix to try to, to make color, it bright green, yeah. like yeah. copper salts, I'm, which are super not, healthy for the human. I'm sorry, not uh, not food coloring. No, copper like, salts. We can't just add a color. We need to add copper salts. Yeah, so a combination of the rumors, a combination of, of, of distillers mixing in some shady shit and, uh, yep. and, and putting things like absinthe thoughts or, or, you know, cheap alcohol a lot of times has antifreeze. Uh, what was it? Uh, Anti- uh, what? Yeah, anti- cheap alcohol has antifreeze in it. There was a uh, fireball just got in trouble for this not that long ago because the parts of antifreeze per million was too high for the U.S. food market and a bunch of that stuff got recalled like, what? like two years ago. I'm, I don't, I'm ignorant on this. What does antifreeze... I think it it do. speeds up a, the distillation process or something. I'm not entirely sure why. Okay, it's used, so it's, but a, ca- I know it's that, a catalyst of some yeah, sort. Yeah, I know. I know that okay. it is used and cheap and cheap, which is also part of the reason why people went blind on crap moonshine was because antifreeze. But that was because they were taking uh, uh, car radiators and using them as stills and then not actually cl- cleaning them. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, okay. here you go, guys. So that, that's that's all that. So that's where all the rumors come from. Also, one of the popular things to do with absinthe, uh, absinthe was to add laudanum to it because laudanum was an over-the-counter opium uh, painkiller. Ah. And it, it is very bitter, very awful. So people tended to uh, cut it with the, the heavy, jar, you know, the heavy you so know, they black would licorice ta- flavor. So they would take opium. Uh, and opium put it in opium with their alcohol. Put it with their alcohol. And then that's what would cause some hallucinations. Because, you know, you're, mean, taking, you're taking opium. Yeah. Opium's going to do it. Opium's going to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that'll happen. Um, also, I feel like, okay, there's also the, the placebo effect happening. If you that think. If you, you tell somebody. It. It's like giving somebody uh, alcohol-free beer. Um, if you do that and you, tell, you don't tell them that that's what it is, they will have, they will, ex, you know, exhibit the effects of alcohol even though they're not actually drinking it. You know, it's not yeah. for everybody, but that happens 
frequently. They've done frequently. studies on it. Yep. And it's because there's that placebo effect where if you think that you are getting drunk, you are going to get yourself drunk. If you expect to and think that you're going to hallucinate, you're going to convince your brain and your that brain is pretty fucking powerful uh, that you're hallucinating. Sure and so, will. yeah, th- I, I, that <laughs> combined with also doing it with opium, uh, that'll do it. That'll yeah. do it. Everything comes crashing down in 1905 when a Swiss farmer by the name of Jean Lanfray murders his family and attempts to kill himself after drinking two glasses of absinthe. Uh, or at least that's what the propagandists tell you. I see, think I think other things might have been happening in this see, guy's life. Jean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this. Jean Lanfray was a was a known alcoholic and had been drinking, <laughs> rage drinking, uh, all day long on wine and brandy, and at the end of the day had himself a couple glasses of absinthe to top ah, it off. And that, well, that was okay, not to the, be yeah, fair. That wasn't to mentioned. be fair. Everything else before that was just his daily dose of medication, and then he had and the absinthe, and probably uh, his family uh, turned in to uh, green fairy fighting demons because the green fairies are good and you want to see those and they were fighting those demons and so he had to kill yeah, them and kill then him. Uh, kill him. Yep. he found out that he killed a couple himself uh in the process and felt too bad and had to kill himself yep Over that's the, probably what yeah. happened uh it, it probably didn't have anything to do with just severe alcoholism and abusive uh behavior in him just uh, eventually snapping so over that the next yeah over the next few years there's actually eighty two thousand signatures that are are, are written uh, in in Switzerland to ban absinthe. That's a lot. Uh, and by July fifth, yeah, time. yeah, and and by July fifth, nineteen oh eight, there's actually a referendum that's held and absinthe was banned. Start you know in in Switzerland. Now the Congo. Okay, so Switzerland was Switzerland then was the first. Uh, no, country to they weren't. They weren't the it? first. No, no, they weren't the first country to ban it. But that's just the, oh, okay. the country of origins bans it in nineteen oh eight. The actual first country okay, to so, ban so, it. So, is the uh, is the Congo Free State, and they banned it in 1898. But I don't think that really counts because it's the Congo Free State, and they weren't really letting you do much of anything. So I mean, uh, I think so it's more they, like them banning alcohol. Everything was banned. Just, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was a little bit more prohibition. It was uh, about uh, the fact that people now, were killing their families and themselves. Yeah. Once Switzerland hey, starts you, doing. Tommy, it, how many glasses have you had? Should uh, I is, call this somebody? Is, uh, this is my second glass, uh, and and I started oh, I started on a Pernod, which Christ. by the way I gotta text your wife. I yeah, had to let her know. Tommy, she uh, is in danger tonight. She's in danger, yeah. Uh, so the first glass I drank was Pernod. It is, it is uh, fan, fantastic. Fantastic. Um, so th- is uh, that the I'm, one that... So if I'm That's the Swiss me, style. To me, what would you recommend me if I uh, were to have my first bottle of absinthe? Go uh, out and buy uh, it. Uh, if you want to drop the money, Pernod or St. George. Um, and uh, what kind of money are we talking about dropping uh, on $70. $70 for a mm. bottle of alcohol? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like concentrated. A bottle that's of gonna, that's concentrated gonna, yeah, alcohol like, that you dilute like, over time. Yeah, yeah. So it's. I like, guess that's not. I, that's not bad. I know. I mean, people spend that and way more on whiskeys. wines and brandies and whiskeys and everything. I mean, any type of alcohol you can find very expensive. Expensive. Yeah. Yep. Hell, there was like a two hundred fifty bottle of Sam Adams yeah. beer. Yeah, just beer. Not yeah. too long ago. Like yeah, they had that. Years ago. Yeah, it was like thirty percent alcohol by volume or some shit like that. That's I, why. Now, I, I, the so most expensive. I've spent on a a small bottle of beer, like twelve ounces. I spent. I bought a thirty dollar bottle of some type of. Uh, Didn't we I drink that? It, it might have been Sam Adams. I tried it. It was yeah. shit. I know you bought a. I, I know, was. So I know mad. when I. Uh, I know when I first had. Because it tasted like liquor. Because it was like yeah. a high, super yeah, high yeah, proof yeah. or high, yeah. high ABV, and it tasted like liquor. And I don't like it liquor. Yeah. I'm like, I want beer. 
Uh, so no, once, but anyway, we yeah, well, back to the story. Once, once, once Switzerland, the European country starts banning uh, it, it, it starts to follow in suit. Uh, the Netherlands would ban it in 1909, 1912. The United States would ban it, and France would ban it in 1914. Spain and Portugal. Now, the, the, the United States ban that, that was uh, pre-prohibition until later. Yeah, yeah so was, they banned pre, just banned it right, right, right by itself. It. Yeah. Before prohibition. Yeah, uh, I'm go. sorry. Uh, it's thunderstorming here, not at your house for anybody at home watching. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, 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 Spain and Portugal would never actually ban it and continue production all the way through the whole time, as well as the Czech Republic. Uh, the UK also would not ban it, but they didn't actually become uh, popular consumers of absinthe until about the 1990s. Um, which oh, is what? where we get, uh, yeah. Which is where we get. Why post- they, yeah. they just they weren't on board? Did they have their own hallucinogens? Like what's probably going on they probably had something that was a little bit better. They didn't I am. It. They're just like no, we, we like our pints of warm beer. I These am a room temperature beer. Sweating profusely. Sorry at home for. Oh, it's, it's gross. Home. Yeah, it's I'm sorry to everybody watching. I am just a. Dripping mess. Uh, in the post-ban world, uh, absinthe would become popular in the Eastern Bloc of Europe, uh, and they would start developing the Bohemian absinthe, which is what I'm drinking, uh, the Matahari. Um, so this it is, is your current glass. This is a current glass. It is a little bit more bitter, allegedly. Uh, it is bitter. It does cut the anise flavor down quite a bit, so it's not so much black licorice. And true. Oh, well, that's uh, not great. Don't that's, love that. No, How that's green not, is it? Can I, it's is it's it? still it's it's a little bit lighter than the Pernod. But not kind of like a, not like a nice time. mint green mm-hmm. uh, from the looks of it. Um, it has uh, a so little probably bit more you're not going to hallucinate too much on that. Um, and this is where the whole sugar cube starts to really become popular, and the lighting of a sugar cube become popular because an eastern the block, lighting of yeah, like they burn yeah. sugar. So in the Eastern Bloc with absinthe during the post-ban in the, in the, in the Western Bloc of Europe, uh, cheap, crappy absinthe started coming out, this, this bohemian-style uh, absinthe, which is, like I said, a little bit less anise-flavoring, a little bit more bitter, and that's where the whole sugar cube starts to get added into it with that okay, stupid slot so of spoon. Okay, just to balance out that bitterness. And the Gothic movement gets a hold of it because of the whole hallucination myth and all that fun stuff. So Now, then they when wanna, was the Gothic movement? Well, what, what like, like goth, like, like 1990s, like we're looking Okay. Yeah, okay. You know, so the goths, you know, like when we you the know, goths, we were, not the actual, not the original gothic movement, because that was before. No, no, no. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm talking about like. All right. Like, all right. Like You're talking goth, about like, like skids. people. Yeah, people who like <laughs> worship Satan, that kind of stuff. Which is nothing against you. Like, if you want to be a witch or Wiccan, huh. or worship the devil. I don't give a shit. Oh, hell yeah, uh, do but, you think? But they like that because they thought they because it, it was it was yeah, like it was a dark, similar to how the Native yeah. Americans use peyote to yeah. aid in their visions. And so so the goth movement used absinthe in the same way. And And the goth movement, the underbelly of America, I mean, good God, we can't. Right? Can't have that. Yeah, that's, can't that's have what, they were killing everybody in the 90s. So in the 90s, oh my God, just the sacrifices. My God. So in the 1990s, the UK began importing it and drinking it and became really popular again with that whole gothic movement. And that's where there's a Czech company that started the <laughs> so ad British campaign. Goths? I didn't even think that yeah, it, it yeah. was a thing. Yeah, there's a, there's a Czech company. I would love to listen to a British goth, goth tell me music, about yeah. why they're so dark. Uh, have you seen England? Like it's, it's Oh, I know, but I just picture everybody in England is super posh. And posh I know I, I'm way off, but like yeah. it's just how I see it. And in any I case, want to envision it. This Czech company decides to come up with an ad campaign. They're trying to embellish the whole art of drinking. I mean, it's, a, it's, an, art, it's an art form of drinking absinthe. And so they take the uh, sugar cube. I, okay, you, you say art form. Uh, I think it's just a little excessive. It's excessive, a little much. Yeah. You, might, you don't like my like, 
It's a very well. No, I do. I love it. But it is a very Japanese way of approaching something. Uh, alcohol, yeah. Like um, every, everything has to be a production, and, and it's very everything has a purpose, and it's a very you know laid out and and very precise in how you do everything. Uh, and that's just. I mean, look at me. This is that's not. That's not you. That's not. That's it's not just. I got. Not, it's just not who I am or what I'm doing. So the Czech company's trying to embellish this. So they take the sugar cube, and in addition to having the sugar cube on top, while you drip the water on top of the sugar cube, they they light it on fire. Which uh, don't do that. Uh, this is this Why? is sixty percent. This is sixty percent alcohol. Don't do that. You're gonna light the it's, whole fucking thing on fire. Don't 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 and, do it. And what you're burning off. Is the, is, thing the you want, is the thing you want to drink? I never understood any of these flaming drinks. <laughs> if you Why just do you have a want flaming a niece, drink? If you just want uh, a niece, eat a jelly bean. Eat a jelly bean. Yep, eat a jelly bean. They're delicious on their Otherwise, own. don't put fire on your alcohol. You are burning off the alcohol. So as the popularity increases in the UK, obviously the countries where it's banned, it starts to increase again in popularity. Like they're like, hey, I want, I remember that. I want that. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. Have that? How can do you have increase that? demand? You reduce supply. And how do you do that? You ban it. And in England, they're starting to drink the bohemian absinthe. And you get people who remember what real absinthe was. And they're like, we don't, that's not, you need to try, you need to try the, you need to try the Swiss stuff. Like, that's what you, you got to try the good, Swiss stuff. That's not the good stuff that you're getting. And so in the year 2000, Lafay absinthe became the first absinthe legally distilled in France again. Uh, again, to re- recreate that whole Swiss original, original absinthe profiling. Uh, the ban mm-hmm. actually in, in France would not actually be lifted until 2011. Uh, but it was able to be distilled there, uh, th- largely through the through the uh, through the UK, uh, really bu- building it back up. In the early 2000s, okay. there was an effort by the Lucid and the Kubler uh, distilleries that started hounding the American market, wanting them to reopen it up because it was very. Yeah, absolutely please can please pre-band. can we have access to your market? Yeah, pre Let us have yeah. your money. Pre-band yeah. absinthe was huge in New Orleans. It was huge in our in our like. There's look at oh, yeah. almost every look at almost every old uh, cocktail recipe it has absinthe in it. Some it's all absinthe based. A lot of them are yeah. Uh, um, a lot of the early bitters were absinthe well, based. And and I imagine New Orleans has a lot of that because of the the oh French uh, thing kind of the well that also and they have a very what the voodoo uh, yeah yeah the, 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 down the, there yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they're very kind of i don't even know what to call it spiritual but metaphysical like kind of beside themselves and so if they have a drink that they can convince themselves that makes them hallucinate or be able to connect with different spheres worlds whatever the hell uh yeah they're gonna they're gonna cling on to that so new orleans is like a perfect Hotbed for that, uh, yeah. Hotbed, just yeah. it's just well, it's also just a hotbed of mixing cultures that you can get anything that you want pretty much. Oh else. my god! But yeah, so and, New and, New Orleans and, and is dirty South and dirty French and dirty Americans and dirty Spanish and all kinds of yeah yeah yeah. Yep, yep, oh. yep, yep. So basically, uh, representatives you, from from Lucid and Kubler were arguing that absinthe shouldn't be banned because the current ban applies to thujone content in food via the FDA. So when when absinthe was banned, it wasn't like absinthe itself was banned; it was the thujone content. So basically, the FDA now said, okay, but wait when. The FDA didn't exist when it was originally banned, did they? When did the uh, FDA? I don't. I don't know. But I, I current, thought the FDA current, was much, much later. But, might, but the current, the current restrictions current, that yeah. the FDA came up with were or to continue job. banning it or whatever was based on or, or to yeah to accept it was based on that. So that's what they came the up FDA with. said that anything that contains wormwood that's meant for human consumption cannot contain thujone. Cannot contain thujone. But the the, the kicker all. here at all. But the kicker here is that that at all doesn't actually mean at all. It means ten parts per million or less. Does 
not count as having Fujone in it. Right, so, because with most things, 10 parts per million or less is, is just completely negligent. You're negligent, not yeah. going to see any sort of effect from it. With most things. Now, there are things that can cause damage of that concentration, but, but for the most part. This, this wasn't it. No. That's harmless. Yeah. Yep. Which is probably where the FDA came up with that number is that number below 10 parts per million is completely harmless to human so, consumption. Lucid and Kubler proved that absinthe, any, you take any bottle of absinthe off the shelf, even if it does contain uh, wormwood, does not have 10 parts per million or more content hmm. of thujone. So, On account of the distillation process and everything else mm -hmm. that happens, they are not getting that high concentration that uh, could be damaging. Could be damaging, which it still was proven not to be damaging, and and a lot of the bands well, got rolled. Well, but, a lot of the know, could be. Uh, a lot of the bands got rolled back because they started looking at through Joan and Wormwood and found that it's not a host. Not bad at all. Not, it actually, yeah, it's not. Do it, it, anything. Is no, it's it is no. It is no. This is literally just alcohol. a licorice. Yeah, it's literally just a licorice yeah. flavored alcohol. It's no worse. That's what it's we're no dealing with. Yeah, it's no worse than with than with legend behind it. With legend behind it. So they, they proved that it doesn't have it, so the ban is lifted. So along comes 2007. Lucid becomes the first absinthe in the United States since its ban in 2000, or 1912. Um, uh, but uh, Lucid, uh, to, for those at home, if you do drink it, it's expensive. It's like $80 or $90 a bottle. And it is not... Um, That's a lot. They take the absinthe and the bitter level way, way down. And by, by the thing... Um, I don't find absinthe to be bitter at all. I don't know why people put sugar in it. I find it to be naturally a little sweet. Not sweet, but like sweet. Um, like black licorice is sweet. Uh, and I don't really find sure. it bitter. I, I find the flavor delicious, but I'm also like I will eat like black licorice candies all day long. Oh, hell yeah. All day. And so, yeah, um, I'm guessing it's for the people. I, I'm guessing it's for the people who have taste buds that tell them that black licorice is a that gross object. Yeah. And that's why they don't like it. That's Because yeah. it, it, it's like the it, it's probably similar to people like there's a gene with cilantro that makes some people it tastes like soap to them yep so and uh so it's probably similar to that. Some, some, something like that yeah so there are three rules in the united states for absinthe it has to contain less than 10 parts per million through joan absinthe cannot be the name brand or the standalone on the bottle so you'll notice that none of these bottles just say absinthe on them they say something else like absinthe supreme uh absinthe That's bohemian so so stupid absinthe le bleu that why is clear because it's so stupid and that three that, i mean that doesn't that, make sense there's no reason for that rule what yeah, old ass senator or congressman or whoever the fuck put that in there saying yeah. we have to have this language and that three <laughs> uh the packaging bottles cannot contain any images of hallucination psychotropic anything mind altering images any of that well, kind that's of stuff, fair, which I find, false advertising which which I find hilarious because I mean, one of the bottles that you find in the store uh, has like Van Gogh's face on it and all kinds of weird trippy images. He on was it. a real so, person. Yeah, yeah, but I, you know, what and he had a real about. art style yeah, that you know existed, what and they probably just did it in that style. Uh, and in the, like I said, in like 2007, Absinthe Lucy becomes the first one. Um, there's also the first uh, homemade, you know, United States absinthe to be produced uh, since the ban, which was St. George, uh, which first began uh, being produced in December 2007, which is also very, very, very delicious if you can find it. It's hard to find right now for some reason, like anything coming out of California, uh, anything else. Well, that can, that's probably a regional distribution thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard if to find. you're in California, you can probably find it pretty easily or anywhere kind of west of the Mississippi, uh, likely. Yeah. There, there's been all sorts of weird alcohol distribution uh, but uh, limitations. But that's that's absent in a nutshell. I had two bottles. I'm not hallucinating, although I am sweating profusely. No, two glasses. Uh, not not two bottles. Um, two glasses. Yeah, two glasses. Uh, 
hopefully not two bottles, I guess, because in that case, I have to warn not only your wife and family of your but the uh, upcoming community. murderous spree, but the entire community, and that would be a little bit much. That would be a bit much. So that's uh, that's absinthe in a nutshell, guys. Go home and try some. If you like black licorice, you will you will be pleasantly surprised at how delicious it is and not hallucinating. It's very good. It's a very good drunk. I'll find it sometime and let you know if I like it or not. That's it for this week in Historic Hindsight. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and join us next week when we talk about Paul Revere.